Welcome to Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, and I love comic books to the tune of Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. I love comic books. Give me a page and I'll read it, baby. Nice, nice. And I'm Nat, and I supposedly am a songwriter, but I think Yen... I'm taking the throne, man. Yen is, I'm taking is, the throne. is claiming all the territory of talent. And we haven't even... I haven't even done... The rap that's for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's for my ears only. There's out there in the ether, listeners, know that there is a Comic Sans rap. <laughs> you know, maybe if we ever start like a Patreon. Okay, you know, sure. That, that sounds no, I like think a... we should start a Patreon and that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay a minimum of like $2,000. <laughs> $2,000 and you get the sound file and that's it. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Sans. Yen's wearing a pink shirt with ghosts on it. I can't not... Well, I think we both got to talk about what very as quickly as we can. Sure. Talk about what we're wearing. Sure. Because I'm wearing a, a pretty ugly shirt with ghosts and stuff on it. And that's that was of your own volition. That was that was my own volition. I chose to wear this. And Nat's wearing a man man. And I'm wearing man City. Manchester Nat's wearing a man man United. City. It is blue. It is a vintage away Manchester United jersey. Man with City. The, okay. Shut up with the sharp logo in the front. I will admit. And that's the name of a player. Sh- is that the name of a player? There was actually a player with the surname Sharp. Oh yeah? Lee Sharp. Liam Sharp? Mm, Lee Sharp. Of One Close. Direction? Uh, no. That, what? That's not his name. What is his name? I, Liam Gallagher? No, Oracle. that's Oasis. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that right now, at the time of recording, it is quite a, I would say, a horrific shirt. Like you have horror themes. Is this also kind of horror theme? Because United are having a pretty terrible season right now. Okay. So I would say this is also pretty disgusting, pretty ghastly, uh, vile, um, to be wearing this shirt. But that's nauseating. What, that's what loyalty is, right? Yeah, and you stick through the thing you love through thick or thin, just like the way you love comics. Oh, I was wondering how you're going to transition. Whether the comics well, well, are honestly, thick, thick or thin. Honestly, you should have stopped earlier because I had a perfect transition. Oh, okay. Let's rewind. Manchester United are having a bad season. So yeah. That's pretty ghastly. Okay. And there's another word you used. I don't remember what I said. You said my shirt is what themed and your theme. Your shirt is horror themed. So that's the... Nat doesn't even know. Nat oh. doesn't... He doesn't even know oh. that we're reading... Horror? I don't do well with horror. You know that, right? Nat, we've covered a lot of genres in this show. Can you name some for me? Romance. Okay, romance with Laura Olympus. Action. Action with, say, Hellboy. Yeah, a lot of things, Daredevil. Yeah. We've done sort of fantasy with Saga. Fantasy with Saga, science fiction fantasy. We with just saga. did sort of like a slice of life with this one summer. Bildung's Roman, if you will. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think you're using that term correctly. Uh, An isekai. An isekai. Well, well done, well done with solo leveling. With trucks. With truck kun. <laughs> Uh, I, what else? A lot, a lot of genres. Uh, adventure with Tintin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I mean, okay, superheroes. Yeah, superheroes, obviously, multiple superheroes. Mm-hmm. What's a genre we haven't done? Now? I mean, you're setting me one up. that's gonna make your skin crawl. <laughs> you're setting me up to say horror, <laughs> and I'm gonna repeat this. I do not do well with I'm horror, gonna, and you're not gonna do well with the voice I'm gonna do. It. No. I'm gonna be the crypt keeper for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs)
Can I quit? Is that an option now? Once you enter Comic Sans, you cannot leave. Roll, roll a knowledge roll. Six plus to escape Comic I Sans. I thought. I thought you were being Scooby Doo. Roll a rolling. I genuinely thought that's what you were doing. Which honestly made more sense than D and D. I just why it, did you go to D and D? It just made me. I've been playing a lot of uh, Betrayal at House in the Hill. Oh, recently okay, okay, okay. With my cousin who's staying with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun. So that's game. kind of in the realm I'm in. Well, so we've already gotten there, Nat. It's horror. We're reading horror today. Now, what's your relationship with horror? Well, throwback to last episode. Yeah, my first ever encounter with horror was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, true. You did say that. Yes, okay, okay. When I was about nine or ten, okay, had a sleepover with a bunch of friends. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah, we thought it'd be really cool if we took one of my friend's older brother's DVD. I yeah. now that I recall, that's how it, how it was. Yeah. We put it on. It's my first ever horror film. I think I watched about 30% of it. Most of the time, my eyes were closed. Damn. I did see Full Frontal Nudity for the first time. Yeah, and your eyes were closed. And though that my eyes were fully open then. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't like the eye contact you made with me when you said that. <laughs> okay, but what else? What are the any yeah, other so horror? Yeah, that's my first encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, after that, I've pretty much avoided the genre. I'm not, I'm not a horror person. You know this because in college, Ooh. you guys would go and watch like Get Out. And what was the other one that came... Uh, us. Yes. Yeah. And I was invited, and I said no. Yeah, that is true. You did say no. Did we not? We didn't convince you to come to us with us. I thought I we did. Go. I thought I we did. Go. But we did try. We you really tried. tried on us to get you to go with us to us for us. And I said, "You said nope. Get out. I will not go to us with you." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just something I don't derive enjoyment from, so I just rather not consume it. But I've never read horror text. So would you say Freddy vs. Jason is the scariest thing you've ever watched? No. Okay. There was one class in high school, in secondary school. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, we did have to watch a horror movie. Okay, what was it? I cannot remember. It's the one... Describe it. It's the one where there is a Thai version and an American version and we watched both. Okay. It was like a film class. You didn't watch The Ring, did you? I mean, The Ring wouldn't be... No, The no, Ring isn't no. Thai. So it it involves not. like... A ghost sitting on someone's shoulders. Oh, you watched Shudder? Yes. Dude, Shudder's so scary. Yes. I haven't watched Shudder. So uh, we watched the American one in class, which I heard yeah. is less scary. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Well, the assignment was to watch the Thai one at home. And you didn't do it. I did with the sound off. Okay. And here's a pro tip for anyone who doesn't enjoy horror. Yeah. If you turn off the music and the sound, the film becomes exponentially less scary. You know, that's, and <laughs> you know, I feel like that's a testament to audio engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me less scared about today because there's clearly going to be no sound well, unless actually, you're going to do some live. <laughs> I'm going to be reading behind you. Ooh, what's on the next page? Yeah, that's classically the kind of sounds you'd hear in a horror actually, film. Actually, it's kind of interesting that you bring up that a horror film is less scary with the sound off. Because mm -hmm. Comic Sans is also less scary with the sound off. <laughs> yeah, right now, just try it out. Try it out. Give it a bit. Just give it a bit. Mute the sound. I can't believe you just told me that, man. I can't believe you said that on air. That's crazy. I can literally see the goosebumps. I can't in your believe you. That's that's really uh, it was, that's really uneasy. It was, what it was you said. It's pretty scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's actually illegal what you did, but we don't. Well, let's not get it. Okay, so the scariest movie. So it's, you've actually been you've been one step ahead of me this entire episode. Wow. Because I think the scariest movie I've seen, 
And I, I'm not great with horror either. Okay. Growing up, I was really bad with horror. We saw the trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's The Village before the Tigger movie, I believe. The Tigger movie? Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> that, just... That doesn't seem like... I a- don't know why it was that trailer. I'm, maybe I'm mixing memories together, but I could not sleep after watching the trailer for yeah. The Village. And so growing up, I really couldn't do it. And there was one point, and it was kind of set off, I would say, by films like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Robert Eggers' The Vavitch, um, and Jordan Peele's Get Out that did make me see oh there's actually a lot of cinematic value to this that I'm missing out on if I try and avoid this genre entirely right. and a lot of it isn't as scary as I think it is Right. I can't do stuff like Insidious Paranormal Activity The Conjuring all that I could not watch Shudder for sure so when I think of the scariest movie I've seen this is a little bit of a contentious take I don't think many people are going to agree with me on this but I think it would actually be get this net Jordan Peele's Us <laughs> It's the scariest thing you've watched? Well, it's, it's just crazy to me that you already said this. But I would say it wasn't the scary. And what I think of real fear with a horror movie is not the fear of the experience itself. Right. It's the lingering disquiet that sits with you after it. Mm. And I remember distinctly after watching Us, I just like couldn't sleep because of the questions the movie was asking. Right. And it just had me really unsettled. Right. And I think that's what excites me the most about horror. So you haven't, so you've said you haven't read horror before. Not that I can recall, no. Okay. I'm just going to go through some of the other media I have engaged horror. So I've, I've read a little bit of horror, primarily through the works of Stephen Graham Jones, who is this Native American writer who writes his crazy stories. Mm-hmm. Really love his work. Big recommend The Only Good Indians, audiobook or the, the book itself. Mm-hmm. But if you get scared for the audiobook, just turn the sound off. <laughs> yeah. Again, great advice from Comic Sans. For audio, I like the left-right game. That's one that I've listened to. And there's also another one called The Goblet Wire. Mm, I um, have listened to Goblet Wire as well. And that's a little bit... Is that really horror? So, you know, uh, More surrealist. Surrealist, but there is a disquiet. Yeah. There is a sense of disquiet. Yeah. And there's another one that I've been meaning to get to. Shout out to uh, a podcast on our network, uh, Undertow mm-hmm. uh, on Realm, which I've been meaning to get to for a long time. I uh, haven't gotten to it quite yet. So those are some of the different ways we can engage with horror. Uh, and from your understanding that, what do you think are some of the tropes of horror? L- and let's think, you know, we're frequently comparing comic books to film in the podcast. So what would you say are some of the tropes of horror in film? Like filmic techniques? Yeah, yeah, A lot yeah, of yeah. like what, jump scares. Jump scares. The false ones where they, they build it up and they yeah, open the door yeah, yeah, or they yeah. turn the corner and it's like nothing. It's a cat. Or like it's a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. there's that. Definitely like people splitting up when they should definitely stay sure. together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or what's yeah. that creepy people door? Alone. Yeah, Let's yeah. go walk through it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of trope. Nighttime. Sure. Right. I was recently having a conversation with someone about Ari Aster's Midsommar, which is another movie I quite liked that is almost entirely in daylight. Oh. And so that's an interesting. And it's horror. Yeah, and, and it's horror. So yeah, so there's nighttime and I think tension, just generally tension. You know, if you're not feeling tense watching a horror movie, it's probably not doing its job at all. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the other media I've engaged with horror. What do you think most of the horror I engage with is net? This is an easy I mean, question. Comics. Correct. Wow. Give him a prize. Ten points for me? Yeah, ten points for that. Ten <laughs> points you. for that. And twenty points for me. <laughs> because I make the rules. <laughs> that was a little bit of Dracula. That no one likes little... this bit. No one likes this bit. Okay, so so I'm going to rattle off some horror comic books for you. Sure. Okay. And they will mean nothing to me, but I'll listen anyway. Well, I think the first one you should know. Okay. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a TV show. TV show. Lock and Key. Nope. Okay, so that was also a pretty big TV show. And some of the ones I really like, there's Something is Killing the Children by James Tinian IV and Weather Del Eldera. Witches by Scott Snyder and Jock. I love the name of this next one. Killadelphia. 
Oh, that's good. By Rodney Barnes and Jason Sean Alexander. Uh, Infidel by Pornsak Pichazote and Aaron Campbell. That's Thai. Yes. Yeah, he's a Thai American writer. Cool. Um, I'm hope we're going to read something by him at some point. Okay. And there's definitely actually issues of Sandman that count as horror. Oh. But I just didn't give that to you because I knew it would freak you out. Okay. <laughs> but there is there are really distinct issues of Sandman which are like, oh, that's really that's making me really uneasy. Yeah, okay. yeah. And there's another one that I want us to read, and I haven't decided if I'm going to make you read it yet or not, because I genuinely think it will upset you. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants that. Nobody I, wants I, that I to be. I don't know if I really, because I really, because that one I borrowed the trades from the library, and I just like read it in one sitting, and I was just like, oh, and for like a few days, I was just in this funk because it was just so existential. Yeah, that's and nihilistic. That's, that's not. Um, so that's Ice Cream Man by W. Maxwell Prince and Martin Morazzo. I still, yeah, I haven't decided if I'm going to make you read it or not. I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll make the decision for you. Let's let's not. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so all of these ones that I've mentioned, yep. they deal with, there's like there's the immediate horror of it, mm-hmm. but there's also an illusion of something very real around us. So, for example, Infidel by Ponsac Pichotote and Aaron Campbell is about the Muslim American experience. Right. Uh, and xenophobia and a lot of that made into real horror. Islamophobia, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now what makes what makes horror and comic books so exciting then? Good question. You don't know yet. I mean, I already said yeah, yeah. that to me, yeah. what makes horror scary in films is the sound. Yeah. So without the sound in comic books, you're just left with visuals. Yeah. And I'm going to take us all the way back to the beginning, right? What's the thing we talked about with Saga? Be- be- oh, I was going to go like, you know, in the beginning, we're gonna, we're God created we're the going to go, the We're going to go to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's the scariest thing of all? The serpent. The serpent with when it had four little legs. <laughs> okay, okay. Back to the beginning of this podcast, which was Saga Episode 1. Is yes. That, is that what you were getting yeah. at? Okay. The page turn. Yes. Because the comic book right. is a tactile experience. Mm-hmm. You are turning the pages, right? And here's the thing that I think is really interesting about horror and comic book is that the reader sets their own pace. Okay. In the movie, right? In a movie, you are subject to the director and the editor's pace. And pacing is everything in horror. And pacing is everything, right? And, but in the comic book, you get to decide when you're going to turn the page. But what we learned in the last episode yeah. was that often the way that the pages are drawn can subconsciously affect how fast or slow you read, how long you linger yes. on a particular page. So yeah. perhaps I so would there imagine that, there. There that from, yeah. yeah. So there are ways that the writer can influence the reader's pace, but ultimately we have the agency to decide. Folks, he's, he's getting ahead of me once again. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so there's this sense of, you know, you have to turn the page. Yeah. And I think what's really exciting for me about horror and comic books, I'm going to get a little peek of that here, is what happens when you don't want to turn the page? Then you just stop reading. Well, is that but but you need to know what's going to happen next. You Maybe. know, there's that sense. It's the same sense of you're watching a horror movie and your hands are over your eyes, but there's a gap between your fingers. Right. Because it's actually almost scarier to not know at all. Mm-hmm. I think the worst thing you can ever do is stop a horror movie halfway. I guess, yeah. I, I <laughs> when there's no resolution. Because I always think the first half of a horror movie is actually the scariest. Right. Before the rules are laid out and before everything becomes very clear. Like, It Follows is a great horror movie that I think its first half is terrifying. And its second half kind of loses you a little bit. Mm. Because you start to get clear on the rules, but it's the unknown that's really frightening. Mm-hmm. And what's more unknown than the next page, Dan? The page after that, maybe? I guess, I guess <laughs> so. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Today, that takes us to what we're going to be reading. Okay. Gideon Falls. This sounds so familiar. Really? 
Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. You What's think that? of Gravity Falls? Of gravity Falls, the cartoon. Hey, which has very yeah, Gravity Falls has horror elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Very gentle horror elements. Yeah. yeah. So Gideon Falls is by Jeff Lemire. And there's a Gideon in that cartoon. I'm very sure of it. I mean, do you want to? We could just watch Gravity Falls yeah, right now. I love Gravity it. Falls. I love. I watched the entire thing during circuit breaker. Oh really? Yeah. Bill, Bill, I'm Bill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but people who watch Gravity Falls, that's gonna mean something to you. Okay, but for those who don't, you will never know. <laughs> okay, anyway, Gideon Falls. If, you, if, you, if you're enjoying this bit, send an email yeah. to uh, comicandasproductions at sans.gov.edu.au. <laughs> so Gideon Falls, let me get, let me yeah, 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 say yeah, who yeah. it's by. I still sure, got sure. Jeff Lee Meyer, mm-hmm. Andrea Sorrentino, and Dave Stewart. Okay. Okay. So Jeff Lee Myers, the writer, uh, Sorrentino is the artist, and Stewart is the colorist. Okay. Okay. So Lemire is maybe one of, I would say undeniably, one of the most prolific modern comic book creators. It's this kind of thing where, like, you blink and he's got a new graphic novel out, and he's won the Eisner for it. Wow. He's just got this continuous output um, that I find really exciting and aspirational, and it's also across a lot of different genres. So he's written Justice League. He's written his own personal stories. He writes these very intimate family dramas. One of my favorites by him is Black Hammer, which is a total like reinvention of the superhero, especially mm-hmm. the Golden and Silver Age stories, which is very meta. There's also Descender, which is a really terrific sci-fi story. Ascender, which is a magical story. So there's just he's got a lot going on. Yeah. And the thing to note about Jeff Lemire is that he's also an artist himself. So I mentioned some of those memoirs. I mean, his first few books was Essex County, which is like a family drama. And then there's also Trillium and there's Sweet Tooth. So these are all, I think Sweet Tooth, he did the covers. I can't say if he did the interiors, but his art enters all of these things. And he's famous for this sort of scratchy style mm-hmm. that's very evocative and nowhere near realism. Okay. Right. And so when you're encountering a writer artist like this, the question is, why are they involving anyone else? Right. What is someone else bringing to them that they can't do themselves? Right, and when that person is Andrea Sorrentino, you get it. Gideon Falls is their third collaboration together. Okay, okay so before this, they were doing a lot more mainstream books. They did Green Arrow, and they did Old Man Logan. Is that Wolverine? That's Wolverine, but old. But old. So they were, they were revisiting a, a previous story that someone did of Old Man Logan, but it was they they were developing this style together and this vocabulary that I think is culminating in Gideon Falls. I see. So here they're operating without any continuity. They're building their own universe. And Sorrentino is perfect for that for two reasons. Okay, so there's one thing that Sorrentino is famous for is this sort of photorealistic style. As opposed to Lee Meyer's scratchy. Very expressive. Okay. You're going to see it, but Sorrentino is working in a very realistic way, very often using real reference images, using real photographs Mm. to build the world. Okay. Um, And there's actually one page in Gideon Falls that I'm really excited for you to see. And the other thing, which I think is maybe the more distinctive thing about Sorrentino, is their layouts, his layouts. He's these images that look really realistic, but then the way he sets up the panels on the page is really inventive. So he's he works in grids sometimes, but there's moments when you're like, whoa, I did not know you could do that. I did not know you could lay out a two-page spread in the way you've done it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I think we've seen a lot of creative layouts. And you're telling me I'm going to see something brand new this time. I don't think... No, I don't. it's not going to be brand... You're going to be aware that these are tools available. Right. But it's just an interesting way. To, it's just like, oh, wow, I didn't think you'd do it that way. Okay. You know? And specifically what that effect is achieving on you mm. for a horror comic. That's going to be new to you. Right. Right. So it's the first issue. 
Nat, you're going to be reading a floppy again. Woo. You're going to be reading my copy of Gideon nice. Files issue one. Don't fold it into a paper plane. I'll try my best. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're still going to fold it up. I already know. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's part of a longer story. You don't need to know anything about that. Just know that it's a bit of a genre-bending story, but you don't really need to know that within this issue. You just need to know that it's about two narratives that are eventually going to intertwine, but you're not going to see them intertwine. Okay. Okay? So I'm seeing one of the two narratives. You're seeing both. Oh, both? Yeah. Okay, okay. So Gideon Falls is structured in a pretty um, experimental way. I see. Yeah, most of the issues contain several narratives at once. I see. And so when you're going through it, Nat, I want you to think about perspective, paneling, montages, splash images, and really... And I'm hoping this, but I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll see if it happens. When you don't want to turn the page. Or when you turn the page and you're like, oh, man. Okay? What's that? Wait, I'm trying to read the tone of that old man. Is that like, oh, man, it's this a, is so good. Or, oh, man, I wish I didn't turn the page. A, a little bit more of the second. More of the second where you're like, oh, oh. I did not want I did not okay. like that. Okay? I'm going to be honest before yeah. we get into the read. I'm going to yeah. be honest. In, in the spirit of of horror and tension and setting up anticipation, I'm pretty skeptical right now. I honestly think it's not going to work. But I don't want you to think of it in terms of how scared you are. That's not really the goal. Yeah, yeah. Just like, what's it doing? What's the yeah. story doing? What's it doing in a way? What's horror doing in the comic book right, right. that we haven't seen before? I guess I'm skeptical because, you know, it's not a genre that I'm typically drawn to. Sure. And also, like, I feel like I'm, I'm still not convinced that it will be able to achieve anything without sound. That's why I'll be whispering in your ear. <laughs> So so let's see. We'll see. <laughs> and occasionally tapping your shoulder and then going to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> that classic horror trope. You know, every movie has it. <laughs> I'm intrigued, to say the least. But let's see whether my skepticism is overturned. And, you know, without further ado, Nat, you wanna, here's, you wanna... here's your floppy Ooh. of issue one of Gideon Falls. And it's just called Gideon Falls? And it's just called Gideon Falls. Okay, if you'd like to read along, where can people find this, Yen? Um, well, you can go to your local comic book shop and you can try and get Gideon Falls issue one. Actually, that's a great question, Nat, because this is by an imprint called Image Comics, which I would say is probably the third biggest publisher of serialized comics in the world mm -hmm. after Marvel and DC. It publishes mainly creator-owned comic books. So Jeff Lee Meyer and Andrea Sorrentino own the rights to this, which is not the case for Old Man Logan or Green Arrow. And Image is famous for trying to get people in on the ground floor for these comics that have finite ends usually. Mm -hmm. And so they do reprints of first issues. So I believe at some local comic book shops, you will find a stand, which will have a bunch of issue ones from across image titles for a dollar. Wow, one dollar. One dollar. Not the price I bought this at. <laughs> and also the volume one of their trades is also at a discounted price. So you can get the first trade which is the first, I think, six issues of Gideon Falls for a lower price than you would for Volume 2 or Volume 3 or any other collection. So that's how you can get in on Gideon Falls. Great. If you'd like to read along, please pause the episode right here, grab your copy, read it. And, and imagine I'm whispering into your ear yeah, the whole time. You know, if you want that experience, you're going to have to go and find Yen personally. That's the second thing on our Patreon. The first thing on our <laughs> Patreon is the rap, and the second thing is me whispering. It's opposite of ASMR. It's like unsettling At ASMR. this point, I think we are actively dissuading people from okay, signing okay. up okay, to I'm our this, hypothetical I'm Patreon. How about this? If you sign up for the Patreon, we won't send you that. <laughs> it's, it's like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to a most spooky episode of Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
let's start with that was scarier than I thought. But first, five words, right? No, no, I want to do something no? first. I want to oh. say I highly regret us not recording Nat reading that comic book because some of the highlights was him going, "Ooh, I don't like that," <laughs> and then on another page turn going, "Oh dear, oh dear." <laughs> Oh dear, he did it three times. <laughs> he did it three times. Okay, Nat, Nat, same as always, give me five words to evoke the feeling of what you read slash what it's about. Sure. Catholicism? Okay, okay. That's, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. didn't know there'd be religion involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Catholicism, parallels. Okay, yeah. And, and a link to that, I would say upside down. Okay, okay, good, <laughs> and that's good, good. Not, that's not a Stranger Things reference. No, 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 no. No, yeah, it's not. But, but it is quite an important motif that I'm sure we will get to. Yep. Red. Oh, excellent. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, okay. it's pretty hard to miss yeah, you the got, red. You got one more word. You got one more one word. One more word. I will say, and I'll explain this later, my last word is surprised. Okay, sure. And that's a personal thing. Okay. I'll get to that later. Okay, okay. And so now, you know, I'm going to give you a little more real estate to describe what you read. Who were the two central characters of the first issue of Gideon Falls? Right, so we're kind of introduced to, firstly, this character named Norton, I, I, yeah, I think. Norton Sincla- yeah, Norton Sinclair, I believe is his Norton, name. Norton, and, and we kind of, we first encounter him looking through trash, or some sort of looking through stuff. He's looking yeah. for something, he finds yeah. this sort of shard. Yeah. And then after that, we kind of cut to the other protagonist, which is Wilfred. Yes. Uh, who has been assigned to be... No, Father Wilfred. Oh, sorry, Father Wilfred. Yes. Who was assigned to be the new priest mm-hmm. in this town. What's the town's um, name? Gideon Falls. Gideon Falls, correct. <laughs> you, you almost... You, you, yeah, you almost panicked. <laughs> I was like, town? town? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Gideon Falls. And so he's sort of sent there against his will yeah. to be the new father, the new priest in this town, which I imagine seems to be quite a small town. Mm-hmm. And so he arrives, he's kind of shown his home. And then we kind of cut between that and Norton speaking to a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. Dr. Shui. Um, well, I did not pronounce it. Dr. Yeah. Shui. Shui. No, it's... No, isn't it Shui? She? Yeah, because it's the she. she. I don't know, dude. <laughs> you and I have like the equal it's amount X-U. of you and I have the equal amount of Chinese experience. But I think I'm closer to do it than you. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. So Norton talking to his psychiatrist and and she's sort of like, you know, you're not getting better. Why are you so searching to the trash? And he's like, Oh, I'm onto something, but he doesn't really tell her. And then we cut back to Father Wilfred in bed, and then oh my gosh, the oh dear, oh dear, oh dear moment. <laughs> And I'm sure we'll get to it when we turn the page and there's just this, 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 what's the word? Vi- this is what I'm looking for. Uh, it's such a V. Spectre? A spectre. Uh, 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 I'm not sure what, what you're looking for. Okay, there is a spectre of Father Tom, who was the father, the priest who died and who Pastor Wilbur took over. The spectre of, of Father Tom, this red sort of silhouette with this perched. white, yeah, white, a perch like a golem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, his, <laughs> on his bed. And so he's supposed to be dead. And then, like, he's, he brings Pastor Wilfred out to some field in a barn while, you know, Norton begins monologuing about what he's discovered, the evil yes. in this town, the devil destroying him, something. And then it all culminates in this barn that Father Manifests. Wilfred, yeah, Father Wilfred stands in front of. And yeah. Yeah, that's that's issue one. Wait, 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 wait. How does it end? Oh, well, it's, it's, it ends with the barn, right? Bro, did you miss a page? Oh, he missed a page. No, you know what happened? You know what? I, I didn't miss a page. I just blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> I've just blocked it out. I just don't want to think about it. <laughs> this, is, this is gold. Like, like in my this head. This is gold. In my head, this is the last page. That's this the is, red image of the barn yeah. is the last page. And then, unfortunately, the actual last page is the lady... 
who introduced Father. Yeah, who introduced Father Wilfred to his home and kind of was really nice and motherly, showed him around. She's she's dead, and and there is something. Just she stabbed in the chest, or no, I don't know. I well, don't, okay, you you know classic Nat behavior. What did not notice the when she's introduced, Father Wilfred notices she's missing a hand. Oh yes, yes, yes. She's a hook for a hand. She, she's a hook for a hand, and at the end of the issue, Father Wilfred finds her with that hook through her chest. Right. Lying in the field right after he has seen the barn. Yeah, see, I didn't want to think about this page. <laughs> this is everything I could have hoped for and more. <laughs> this is delightful for me. I can't believe we're doing this like now and not as a Halloween episode. <laughs> but that means I can save the really spooky stuff for Halloween. Mm. But you know, you can also listen to this episode at any time. You could, true. You could choose to pause right now. <laughs> Just come back in October. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, let's let's talk. Let's talk about what's going on in these pages now. Let's talk about yeah, Gideon Falls. A lot to talk about. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell us where where you want to start? So tell me about this art style. You see what I'm saying about the photorealism. I'm seeing what you're saying about the photorealism, but I'm also seeing the scratchy. So is that both of them, or is this just? It's just Andreas. Okay. Know? Okay. So yeah. the scratchiness is not. That's not the Lee Meyer thing you're no, talking about. No, no, no. The scratchiness of Lee Meyer is very, very different. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely see the photorealism, especially in the faces. Yeah. You know what? Now I do know where I want us to start. Okay. I want to start on Norton Sinclair's apartment when we first see it. Okay. So get to that two-page spread. Ah, yes. Isn't that so uneasy? Yeah. It looks like a prison cell. So describe it. So it's a two-page spread. And, and, and I think what's really interesting here is the perspective. The perspective is super warped. It's like fish It's eye. a fish eye lens. Yeah, yes, a, exactly. You know, and it's kind of like where you take a room and then you flatten it. So, I mean, you kind of see what are supposed to be two parallel walls, but they're kind of like... Continuous. <laughs> yeah, they're flat. I don't want you to do that again. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's it's gray, it's dire, it's, it's macabre, it's really depressing. Yeah, you know, he has a, he has a couple books, some magazines, and I would say it's a little dizzying almost. Yeah, with the perspective. The perspective is really like, I remember when I first read it, I was like, oh, I can't look at this too long because I'm getting very confused by and what I I'm think looking at. That ties in very very well to the upside down thing mm-hmm. which is another sort of play of perspective yes it's a motif that's used throughout the issue i mean the literally the first panel which is a full page spread of norton with his mask on just standing there and he's upside down yeah and at first you're like what and there was also a moment later i think yen heard me say this when he's praying and of course he's praying you yeah. know that that classic trope of yeah. like the Lord's prayer. Looking for salvation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it took me a while, but in this page, it's split evenly between four panels horizontally. So you have the panel splits, but if you look at it, it's actually continuous. Yeah. It took me a while because it's him lying in bed with his hands clasped upside down. Yeah. And then that comes out a lot stronger, the upside down sort of thing and the parallels with Pastor Wilfred's yeah. reality and narrative being right side up, mirroring the upside down of Norton's reality. So there's actually something on that page of Norton upside down, right? Yeah. yeah. And that last panel is something that I like, I definitely didn't get it on my first read. And I went back and I looked and I was like, what's going on? Oh, that's what's going on. That's kind of freaky, man. Right. So, so actually, yeah. actually on that page is actually five panels. Yeah. The fifth panel, because it's upside down, the fifth one at the bottom is actually his head. Yeah. But what they've done is that they sort of done this effect of ripping the page. Yes. So the page is ripped. You can't see his head. And then what you see instead is this red black texture that then is the same texture as the next page, which is the title page. Yes. But what were you going to say about what it's achieving there? Well, I think it's... I don't know how effective it is because it is pretty easy to miss. Yeah. But I think what I like about it is that it's alluding to that there's something underneath the page. Right. Which I think that's really freaky. 
That's really freaky because so much of this story is about there is something underneath this world. The evil that is lurking beneath. Yeah. That it's going to present itself at inopportune moments for its characters. And in that blank is the singular word, Amen. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. And, you know, since we're on this and the upside down thing, it's also, you know, the upside down cross is... Right. The Antichrist. The Antichrist, right? And so there's... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump ahead here, but there was another moment, I guess the more significant moment where the upside down really features. Is this the alternating upside down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And we're jumping ahead here chronologically, but it's sort of when Pastor Wilfred is awoken by the specter and then he follows it out into the fields. And so it alternates between Wilfred running in the field and then Norton sitting at his desk and Norton's upside down and goes, Wilfred, Norton, Wilfred, Norton, Wilfred, Norton, Wilfred. And Norton's always upside down. Yes. So that's a nice parallel. And then obviously this one, yeah, the page that I had decided is my last page. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is the red barn, the the, barn revealing itself. The red barn in the top three quarters of the two-page spread. Yeah. But then below is an upside-down sketched, scratched into the table's depiction of a barn in... Could be blood. Unclear. Unclear. It's in red. Yeah. Which is a but spooky color. But it's upside down. Color. So it's sort of like direct mirroring. Inversions. Yeah. 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 Um, very, very effective in my opinion. Just for a little more like literally what's going on with Norton's story is when he's talking to the psychiatrist, he's talking about how he's picking up these scraps of what he thinks is the red barn that mm. he's seen in a vision. But he doesn't actually see the red barn in this issue. The pastor does. Yeah. Right. And so in his very depressing apartment, there's all these jars of the different scraps he's found because he's trying to put together the red barn. Should we talk about red since we're here? Yes. Let's yeah, talk so about red. That was one red. of my words. Let's I talk mean, about the incredible work by Dave Stewart, the colorist yeah. here. I mean, yeah. it's not subtle. No, it's, it's not. It's not something that you know you're going to get in your second, third. It, you, it's there. It's that, front and center. Yeah. 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 Maybe more subtle things like the fact that, you know, the coat that he wears to sleep is red, for example. Yeah. You know, maybe but that. it's a muted red. Yeah. It's not that sharp a red. The first time we see that bright red is... I believe it's the nail. nail. Yeah. Yes, the nail. I mean, that really stood out to me. So there's a scene where, this is again, Norton's talking to the psychiatrist. And so that's kind of what's in the text boxes. He's monologuing to, to, to the psychiatrist, but we're seeing these... The scene is after he's left the psychiatrist. Yeah, we're right. seeing these vignettes of him walking out of the mental health hospital. And he's walking and then he walks past this nail on the road, just this nail in the ground in a puddle of water. He walks past it at first and then he turns back. And then when he turns back, the whole panel goes black and white. Yeah, and it just, inverts the colors, Yeah, right? just yeah. the nail is bright red and then yeah. he goes back and picks it up. And in the text, at the same time, he's talking about how he's trying to stop. And how he can walk away, right? Yeah. What's the text saying? Well, actually, sorry, I'm wrong. This is actually the doctor saying things. She's saying, oh, okay. you, can Im- you know, you can impose meaning on anything if you try hard enough. It doesn't make it real. You're in control. Meditate, calm your mind, quiet your thoughts. So she's trying to give him advice. <laughs> yeah. While he's like... It, we're seeing the opposite of <laughs> what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. he's seeing this red nail in the ground. But he tries to walk away from it first. And actually, on the panel with the red nail is him replying, yes, you're right, doctor. I am in control. <laughs> yeah, and That's then the, the panel right after that is him going back to get the nail. Yeah. yeah. So is yeah. he really in control? Hard to say. Yeah. And then, you know, very closely after that, let's talk about this page turn. Oh, brother, I love this page turn. This is the one that I was most excited for Nat to see. Yeah, I mean... that's the one I remember freaking me out when I was reading it. So, okay, I have a lot to say about this and I'm not sure how to organize my thoughts, okay? okay but let, okay. Me just, just let me spew, just... Just spew. Let me just start with my experience reading it. Okay. I Of course, I knew this as horror. Yeah. Right? And then maybe the red nail should have been some sort of 
a hint or a, should have given me a premonition that something was coming. But I turn the page, you know, it, it's just a nighttime evening street. Wilford's, it's Gideon Falls. It's Gideon Falls. Wilford's sleeping in bed, shirtless. He's woken up by something. Psst, wake up. Hey, hurry. You, there's no <laughs> signal. There's it, it, no... It's four panels. It's four panels. Very quiet. You know, it's the window outside. It's him sleeping. It's closer in on his head. And it's his hand reaching for his glasses. Yeah. The, it's like the opposite of that trope we talked about where yeah. like you build suspense, turn the corner, it's a cat. Yeah. This is like... La 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 la. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and what's on the next page, Matt? My God! <laughs> this scared me. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm folding your comment. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I was, uh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, we've mentioned this. It's just this full page spread of this old, creepy man who's perched like a little goblin yeah, on his yeah. bed. And yeah. he's like, he's just fully red silhouette, pure angel white eyes. And he's saying, wake up, he'll notice I'm missing. <laughs> it's so good, man. Yeah, okay, yeah, you read that. Yeah, you do your best version of that voice and I'll okay, go. Okay, okay, are you ready? Wake up, he'll notice I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my turn, my turn. Okay, your turn, my turn. Okay, wait, let me, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Wake up, he'll notice I'm missing. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Mine didn't have an accent. I don't know why he always had an accent. <laughs> Did you know Gideon Falls is like in Romania? <laughs> but yeah, it just comes out of the blue, out of the red, yeah. if you will. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, now we're cooking. <laughs> yeah, that, what a page turn. And I think to use the word incorrectly, you kind of accumulate a little trauma from that page turn, right? <laughs> and so the next page turn, you're a little like, uh, do I want it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then from then on, you know, it, you have the alternating upside down thing. Yeah. And then we get to the red barn again. So again, the red is just sort of punctuated throughout as yeah. this very overt indicator of evil. Yes. You of know. the occult, of something being amiss, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's not subtle. No, it's not delicate. The way that not they delicate. sort of depict the occult, yeah. the evils. But it works in a way that, you know, it can almost be like, this is it's too easy, right? Right, of right. You, of course you make the evil red. Yeah. You know? But, it's all, but the, the, I mean, this is going back to coloring, right? The choice of the red, I don't know how they did this, but it's just such a deep red. Right. It's not like the primary color red no. that you see in your watercolors. Yeah, yeah. There's something very bloody about it. Yeah, yeah. Which I do not like. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> to be clear, that was the barn. And the pastor was, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, talk about page turns. It's interesting because... It's, that is something I was hoping you'd bring up. Okay, let's talk yeah, about this. Yeah. So after the barn spread, you turn the page and... The nature of turning the page yeah. means that you see the page on the right yeah. before you see the page on the left. Yes. And the way that they've laid this out as well, on the left, there's nothing sort of eye-catching. Yeah. You know, it, it's Wilfred doing something. So you will naturally look at the page on the right first and yeah. you will see the body of the woman with her hook through her chest. Before you before see the page. Before you go back to the left and read. And the way that that happens... I guess it's not something you can do in any other medium. No, you can't. You can't. And I think that's... To go, for, to yeah. go forward and then have to go back to understand the forward... I guess you could flash a frame. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not, it's not really the same, right? Yeah. Like This is, again, goes back to reader agency with the comic book, which is unlike any other medium. And something you would not get if you read digitally. Yes, yes. I would say Gideon Falls kind of doesn't land digitally because you don't get any of the page turns. Right. Yeah. You have to be reading it on, say, a tablet or something where you're reading it page by page. And you'd have the action of flipping. But the scrolling of it just does not. I don't think scrolling lands for Gideon Falls at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, but if you borrow it, the ebook or whatever, it's almost always flipping. It's very rare that you'd be scrolling. Mm, mm. This poor lady, man. Yeah. What's her name? Mrs. Thay. Mrs. Tremblay. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Tremblay. Poor Mrs. Tremblay. I guess she was trembling. <sighs> All right. <laughs> She's already passed, man. You don't need to do this to her. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's actually, you pointed out an interesting thing about when I read horror comics, I very often, if I'm really unsettled, I'm like, going to the next page like i turn the page and i need to see what's at the bottom right panel and i'm like okay now let's go through properly right because right. you're just so like oh i gotta know what's gonna happen you know it's like i recently i can't remember where i saw someone say that they actively read horror movie summaries before they watch the movie oh yeah i know plenty of people who do. yeah i know plenty of people who only read the summaries and don't watch the movies okay that's just weird right? what's <laughs> the point of that that uh, i know so many people who do this like i cannot emphasize to you how many people just I know so who they do can this. participate in the discourse well it goes back to this i need to know but i can't know <laughs> right right but i guess the argument is if you read the summary first you know what's going to happen so when you watch it yeah. you've lost the anticipation so it's just a little tangential thing. yeah but yeah 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 so th there is one more page that you know before we end that i thought was worth discussing yeah it's on well, there's no page numbers in this i no. realized but it's a page after well actually hold on turn it ah so we're at the centerfold it's where the staple is oh okay so if, you, so if you happen to be reading the floppy you'll know exactly where we are is there any significance to the centerfold in terms of how people lay things out I think there is actually some significance in that you know that it's the only pure continuous image. Okay. Because you can do a two-page spread, but there's still the lining of the middle. There's still the shadow of right, the middle. Right, But you see the centerfold, the staple is uninterrupted. The image yeah. continues. I think some creators think of that. Not everyone does because that's a pretty hard thing to really be staying conscious of throughout the rest of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so this is mid-conversation with the psychiatrist. and uh, Text-wise, he's going on about the things that he's finding and how he's beginning to see some patterns and things like that. And and it's just this two-page spread of, of, I mean, you you describe it. I, I don't okay, even okay, know how to start. Okay, okay. So Norton collects all of his shards of the barn. Paraphernalia. And he, paraphernalia. And he takes Polaroids of them and then he dates it. And so we're getting sort of this, I mean, yeah, yeah, this image is really hard to explain, <laughs> but it's diagonally descending an array of the Polaroids. But as the Polaroids go, closer and closer to the bottom right they're becoming less and less coherent and becoming overtaken by that same black and red that's haunting the rest of the book underneath that is the skyline of the city he's in because he's not in a small town he's in a big city and then behind the polaroids is norton sort of rocking in his chair upset by what he's capturing i feel like that's basically the two-page spread here i mean and the key thing is that there's sort of this Again, the full animation yes. sort of of him reclining in his chair, like more than 180 degrees, yeah. leaning, and then kind of coming forward into his head in his hands. Yeah, so distressed by distressed. what he's finding. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, I imagine, was what you're talking about in terms of like a two-page spread. In, laid in out, a very innovative Laid out in a spread. way that maybe we've not really seen before. Yeah. And, I, and I definitely think, you know, and perhaps, perhaps this may be, you know, my 13 episodes of comic education coming into play here. I did look in this and go, Okay, you can only do that in a comic. All right, folks, you heard it here first. It's a wrap on Comic Sans. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> like, you couldn't do No, you can't. This, you simply can't. Like, in film, yeah. in, in anything. Like, it's just the layers of Polaroid, person, cityscape. The transition is yeah. just, it's just jam-packed with the text. With the text. Following the same arc of his body. Oh, my goodness. Music to my ears. Oh dear, oh dear, oh, oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. No, well, I mean, it's funny that we look at this image because the last time <laughs> we talked about Polaroids was the Superman bonus episode. 
Right. Where the Polaroids were acting as panels in a similar way, but they were so joyful. <laughs> oh, like the best friend the one. The best friend. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. it's all level. And this is just misery. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really interesting essay at the issue of this floppy. I don't know if it's at the issue. Yeah, yeah. The, the Secret Origins of Gideon Falls. With Jeff Lemire talking about how this project came about, talking about collaborating with Andrea Sorrentino, and also talking about how Norton Sinclair was a character he started working on maybe 20 years before the publication of this comic. Wow. Because Jeff Lemire actually went to film school. Okay. And at some point realized, actually, the pipeline to making films is so long. I'm just going to make my own thing and I'm going to make comic books. So I think that's just a really interesting combination. Things like Pastor Wilfred was from initially a different story and then he decided to bring them together. And there's actually a bunch of different ideas that are coming together in the later issues of Gideon Falls that you're not going to see. Art making, huh? Art. It's a lifelong journey. You know, actually, Nat, if you'll allow me. Uh, I will allow you, I guess. There was actually a quote from Jillian Tamaki that I wanted to read last episode. Oh, sure. And I think I just read it and I was like, this is beautiful. Okay. And it links, I assume, to art making. It does. Okay. 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 And so Jillian Tamaki was talking about making this one summer. But right. I think it can extend Which, to a lot you know, of If anyone is listening to this in isolation, This One Summer was the comic we read in the previous episode. Yes. Please go check that out. It's a beautiful comic. Totally different in mood to very, this. Very, I mean, very, very different. Polar opposites. <laughs> Comics have range. Who would have thought? Whoa. <laughs> okay, this is the quote from Jillian yeah. Tamaki on making this one summer. Or making art in general. I just want to make a book that I want to read, to be honest. I know that sounds really pie in the sky. And you're not making enough money to do it and put yourself through that much pain. Comics are just so painful to not be doing what you want. I just love that quote, man. Yeah. I love that quote. It just like it just puts into perspective. Like, if you're making art, make the thing you want to make. And I find myself sometimes, I'm doing something, I'm like, oh, what would someone else think of this? And I'm like, who cares about that person? Yeah. I'm the one pouring my time into this and my energy into this. If I'm not happy with it, what's the point? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That singular quote, comics are just so painful to not be making and what you want to make. And replace comic with, with any art. With anything. Yeah. yeah, with movies, with prose, with poetry, with music. Dance. With, with dance, with any yeah. any media, whatever you're working in. The tangible rewards of these things. Unguaranteed. Unguaranteed. Often non-existent. <laughs> often non-existent. The only thing you can rely on is that you're enjoying making it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even though Gideon Falls is really spooky, you can tell they liked making this. Yeah, you can tell like there was excitement behind this page and this jump scare and this layout. Just like, oh, how can we push this? How can we frighten people? You know. And so that takes me to my next question. That same old question as always. I think I know your answer. Will you keep reading? This is a complicated question, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'll keep reading just because of my aversion to, like, serialized things. But this has a finite end, right? Gideon Falls? Gideon Falls is 27 issues. Okay, so that actually ends. that is actually more manageable. Yeah. So I'd say maybe. Okay. But okay. what, what okay. I want to actually say, and, and I, it actually pains me to say this because that means that you win somehow. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, I made a vow to our producers to be honest on okay. this show okay. you know, I, 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 I made no such vow <laughs> I, I don't play up you I've know, never read Gideon Falls I, <laughs> you know nothing about comics I, I don't know anything <laughs> I write all the scripts <laughs> so what I will say is as someone yep. who does not do well with horror annoyingly mm-hmm. this works for me oh wonderful, wonderful because I feel like and again I'm guessing because I'm not, again not a horror person but I feel like 
I'm getting the emotions you're supposed to get and enjoy mm. when you consume horror. Yeah. But at a level that doesn't terrify me because there's no sound. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I get what you're saying. Like, I, I get the, oh, oh, I don't like that. But it's not in a way that's so uncomfortable and so disquieting that I actually am upset. Well, I think part of that also, and beyond the sound thing, is also the control you have. Right. Like I can turn back. <laughs> you can turn back, you can flip around, you can stop. Whereas with a film, you don't have that control. And I think that's what's truly frightening about horror sometimes is the disempowerment of the audience. You just take it on on this ride. You have no choice. Yeah. You know, you're on the roller coaster. You can't get off. With the comic book, you can't. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to? Yeah. Is that actually going to be worse yeah. to not know? You know? That's why my fifth word was surprised because I was surprised by how much this worked for me. Uh-huh. It does make me think that you know, for someone who is a horror movie buff, right, who loves that thrill of being taken on this ride, would this have the opposite effect on them? Yeah, that's a tough question. I actually don't know. I actually don't know whether horror movie buffs would love Gideon Falls as much as I do. Because um, maybe to them, it's like, this is watered down horror. Yeah, perhaps. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't have the same kick as a film with all the shebang. Yeah, I think it's also part of this willingness to go on the ride. Yeah. You know, like I think you can, like the Father Tom or no, Pastor Tom, or whatever, Pastor Tom, yeah. the reveal of his page for some people, I mean, ah, it's the page, yeah. Right? And you can fight the comic book, yeah. But then my question is, why bother reading it? If you're going to engage with a piece of art, be invited into it, be excited by it, and then if it pushes you out, it pushes you out, right? I hate, I, he went back to the page and he's shaking his head. <laughs> he I hates hate, it. I hate it. Uh, I his, am going. Look at his I'm face. going to recreate this photo and send it to Nat at three a.m. tonight. <laughs> no. You is know it? what? No, I'll just do it in your room. <laughs> I am looking forward to reading more horror this season, perhaps. More? I'm sorry, Nat. Okay, but you know, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I'm not averse to it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if it's going to be like this, if this is the bar, yeah. I'm open. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Listeners can't see the cheeky little grin I have. <laughs> I can't wait for my favorite horror comic, Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> We're not reading Dennis the Menace. Anyway. Next question. The next questions. The all important questions. Yes. Where the Comic Sans pipeline. The Comic Sans content pipeline. That's what we're officially calling it. If you the CCP. Wait Whoa, a second. A second. Hold Wait. On. No, no, no. Just add the L at the end. Or CSCP? Yeah. Comic Sans? Yeah, I just gotta it's just not really interesting anymore. I like I like CCP. L. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you liked X, you would like Gideon Falls. Yeah. Nah. Is it a cop out if I say Gravity Falls? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, and I also don't think that's necessarily <laughs> true. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. I don't know what to recommend because I don't consume horror. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, just remember you can say a song, you can say music, you can talk about podcasts, you, you, you can talk about artwork, you can talk about visual art. You go first. Okay, here's my contentious. I think if you like Lost, the TV show. The TV show that apparently like, went south. Well, let's not get into Lost historicism, okay? <laughs> okay. That's, not, that's not what we're here to do, okay? I think if you like Lost, you would like Gideon Falls. And I think if you like the potential of Lost in terms of the mysteries it involves and it invokes, some of which are left unsolved, in Lost, perhaps unintentionally, I think Gideon Falls is able to solve those mysteries in exciting ways because Lost definitely also has horror elements to it. Mm. So I would say Lost. What's that movie we watched together? There's two parts to this movie. It involves- Oh, Fear Street. Fear Street. There's three parts to it. Oh, really? Yes. We watched two. 
No. Oh, we, I can't remember what we no, watched. No, no, no. You only watched the third part, bro. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Fear Street. I think that's... Say more. Yeah, so I... Oh, you know, I'm so bad at remembering things, but I remember the vibe of Fear Street, which involves sort of going back in time, at least the part that I watched. Yeah, yeah. Right, going back Spoilers in time. Spoilers for Fear Street. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I won't say anymore. No, but, no, you... No, I, that's not really a spoiler because the titles are Fear Street, I think... The, they, they go the back decades, they, they right? say the year that they're yeah, in yeah 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 and, and it involves sort of solving a mystery slash murder mystery of this town yeah so I think there's some elements of that definitely in the horror tropes and the storytelling of this small town mm-hmm. that resonates with this that's, that's my recommendation good. yeah moving on to the next part of the pipeline okay the pipeline post Gideon Falls yeah you know if you've consumed Gideon Falls and you enjoyed it yeah what should people go on to next okay I would say it's one of the ones I already said Okay. Which is Philadelphia. What a name. I, I And I say Philadelphia because of the metropolis it takes place within. Right. Where, like, you know, a lot of Gideon Falls is this town and this city. And I think Philadelphia has a similar approach to city building of it taking place in an urban metropolis. And that setting matters. And I also think um, the art in Philadelphia is pretty experimental. Pushes the boundaries in a lot of ways that Andrea Sorrentino does. Additional context, Philadelphia is about vampires. Ooh. But it's also... Like Twilight. I would say it's a pretty disturbing take on vampires. Okay. Yeah, and it just evolves in this kind of unsettling way. So I would say Philadelphia, which is another image comic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, folks. If you enjoyed Gideon Falls, check out Philadelphia. Which is just such a good name, Now, is this spelled with one L or two Ls? I think two. Okay. You know, I mean, like, if I came up with that name, I would just figure something that would fit into that. <laughs> You think they came up with the title first and the concept I, after? I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like if we, you know, we were making... Comic Sans Francisco. Yeah, see? We should just... I, I don't know what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Thanks, everyone. You know? Yeah, thanks. Just thanks in general. Thanks for in Thanks general. for being here. You know, yeah, you've yeah. been here since season one. All three of you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening this far. Thank you for coming with us on this journey. We hope you enjoy your stay in Gideon Falls. I think I one more. Oh, oh, sure, My sure. stupid little I'll, voice. I'll give that to you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you on the next page. See ya. Thanks for listening to Comic Sans. This is an Andas Productions podcast hosted by Mao Yente and Nathaniel Ma and produced by Roshan Singh Sambi and Scott Lee Chua. Our cover art is by Isabel Fang. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow and rate Comic Sans. And while you're at it, follow us on social media at Comic Sans Pod. Links are in the description below.